You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your superpowered mind. I'm your host, Kristen Maxwell, and in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Today, we have the pleasure of talking to Sarah Johnson about why balance and resiliency are crucial aspects of personal development. And it's going to be really fun to talk to Sarah because she's um, somebody with a mission who has a, you know, a little bit of a different background. She is a former English teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, and she's living her own leap of faith on a mission to teach the masses the message of balance, resiliency, and faith. She is a state and national conference speaker around these topics and is also passionate about amplifying and and empowering women through her podcast, In Awe. So Sarah, welcome to your superpowered mind. Thank you, Kristen. I'm so grateful that I can have this conversation with you today and speak life into your listeners. Yes, thank you. What a beautiful way to put that. Life into your (laughs) listeners. Ooh, I like that. I've I've learned it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, I I genuinely believe that for listeners of podcasts, they are listening and hearing our messages and they land where they need to when they need to. And that's part of my main mission is just bringing those messages and speaking life. Perfect. That is so, that is so lovely. And that is often, that's my own experience with listening to podcasts is there are days where it's exactly what you need to get out of whatever funk you are in, whatever way you are looking at the world. It it lands and it gives you something that's like, oh, there's hope right there, right there. <laughs> yes. So my first question is always, what superpower did you uncover as the result of mastering your mind? I just love this question uh, because I've just been doing a lot of recent development in my own life on this topic because I think so often we kind of move through life quickly and we don't really think, like we're always in our mind, right? So we don't realize that the things we're thinking are not the things that other people think. I mean, sometimes we just realize they're a superpower only after we've spent time really analyzing ourselves. And I've done that. So I can tell you that I have two actually, Kristen. Ooh, good. Yeah. And one of them is actually noticing the beauty and excellence in the world around me. And I think at first, I when I first discovered that, I thought, oh, it seems so fluffy and people think that just doesn't really matter. And it's all rose colored glasses and things like that. And, you know, I've recently spent a lot of time learning about my own disposition through the Enneagram. And I've learned that I'm a, an Enneagram seven with a wing of eight, which explains a lot about myself. But a huge part of that is a character strength and just seeing the joy and the good around me. Uh, but I realize that it's a superpower because it turns out that not everybody is in awe of the sunrise the way I am. <laughs> right. And those that follow me on social media will understand what I'm talking about. There is a, I live in a really tiny town and there's a dock that I love to run to and I will catch that sunrise. And I've literally, you know, I know that I have like a hundred and some opportunities every summer because we have like nine months of winter at where I live. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, And so I take that opportunity, but it also translates to just noticing the special moments in my life so that it doesn't pass me by quickly. And I realize that 
a lot of us are on the hamster wheel and we're not taking time to do that. And I just do that kind of naturally. And I didn't realize that was a superpower until I started looking at it and cultivating it. And I think the second superpower is really a disposition of gratitude. And I, I understand that that comes naturally to me. And I also understand that it's something that I have to discipline myself to continue to grow and mm-hmm. to foster. And I also believe there's so much really beautiful research out there about gratitude and its foundation uh, to actually make us more joyful, right? So it's not that um, we're joyful so we can be grateful. It's that our gratitude makes us joyful. And I realize that that is a superpower because it's carried me through uh, the loss of a brother to suicide, uh, the near demise of my marriage, um, you know, the challenging, I chose to leave my position, but there's a challenge in that and just kind of wandering through the wilderness. But that uh, ability to see what I have um, to be grateful for has really carried me kind of bouncing through all of that. So um, it's, it's a, an incredible superpower that I believe anybody could master truly. Yes. Oh, you just said so much. so much. And the first one I'm going to point out is I love what you're talking about with Enneagram is, and I'm sure lots of people who are listening don't know what that is, but if you have the chance to check it out, it is amazing. And what I love is you are a seven. And I think what you're saying and what I understand is sevens, you're going to naturally see the good in the world. You're going to be like, Hey, life is a party. Let's you know, let's go enjoy the world. (laughs) And I am a six and a six looks at the world from a place of fear. Mm. Hence my show and my focus on helping people really get out of that, which is a place of, Oh my gosh, I'm not safe. And that's the way that I look at the world. So, you know, for you listeners who aren't aware of it, it's so incredible to know that there is just a natural way that some people are come to the world and it's nothing wrong with you. It's just who you are. Yeah. And I would say if you haven't already engaged with the Enneagram, I think it's so, I, I actually um, wrote about this recently and I think it's really important that we do spend time knowing ourselves. And what I love about the Enneagram is that it helps to reveal how we are at our healthiest and our unhealthy states and how we handle stress from that vantage point of our core style And so for the seven, the negative side of that can be that we can cope and cover up and ignore the hard stuff. And so, uh, you know, that could be the default, but because I know myself, for example, I'm making sure that I'm mindful of not coping and that I walk into the pain and I grow through the pain, but that was not always the case. And in fact, even in, you know, like recent years, I didn't even realize I was coping, you know? So there's a lot of stigma that can come with being an Enneagram 7 because you're flighty and you just flit from one thing to the other. But uh, my wing, my eight is leadership. And so that grounds me. Um, and, it, and it's good because when I was reading through the description of that at one point, I was like, oh, people are just going to see me as flaky, you know, if, if I start telling them I'm a seven. But right. I truly am. I am my unique version of that seven. And I think that's really critical when you engage in any type of a personality inventory that we understand, you know, like the base of where it's coming from, but what do you bring to that? And what does your life experience and your own unique imprint bring to that? Yes. And I have to say from looking at, you know, just looking at your website and all the things you do, you are definitely not flaky. You will <laughs> not get these things done if you were flake. <laughs> so, so just to everybody out there. And, you know, the other thing that I love that you brought up there is this idea of gratitude and how 
practicing gratitude actually makes you more grateful because and the science behind it because yes i used to be like don't tell me just to be grateful for things <laughs> like that is just you know i know i can see all these terrible things that are happening in the world and the scary things you know how can i be grateful for it but when you start to learn to turn your brain towards gratitude you start rewiring it so that it naturally goes there instead of to the places of what's wrong. It goes to, hey, what's right? And it literally changes how you feel and how you think when you make it a practice. So I, I love that. You're showing how it has carried you through. And yeah. I really appreciate your unique um, composition, how you share that you come from a place of fear, because I would imagine then you have to exercise your non-dominant hand to do those things. And I really can value how challenging that could be. But I really also see and have seen so many people that I've worked with over the last year or so in being intentional about my own mission, seeing how no matter where we come from, it does change and it can change those pathways in our brain. And it's so critical you know, that we all do that, especially when we're fed so much negativity. Yes. Yeah. And, and that this is one of the reasons I have the podcast is because for decades of my life, I was anxious all the time about losing the lost death. I mean, as long as I can remember. And I learned through a combination of spirituality and changing my brain, like discipline and going, working on my beliefs on a whole different level I learned to not live from that place. And that's what I want to share because I was, even though I was happy and my life was great, I had anxiety always. Mm. And so that's, that's my mission is to help people with that. And then we have to talk about you and actually your mission, um, but we have to go <laughs> to a break first. Um, so can you tell people where they can learn about you and your work? Yes, I am on pretty much every social media platform that most people go to at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, S-A Johnson. And you can find me on my website, which links to all that as well. It's Sarah, S-A Johnson.com. Great. Hang on, everybody. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, balance and resiliency as key aspects of personal development. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. And we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth. Because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee Rekla, our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world. Okay, we are back, everybody. So, so Sarah, you, um, your message that I can see, at least, is of balance, resiliency, and faith. Can you just, you know, generally, and we'll drill down into it, what do you mean by balance, resiliency, and faith? 
<laughs> well, those are actually my core values. And I've gone through that process of kind of distilling them. And I think that, you know, when you start to realize that you can have focus in life and you can focus on a, a set of core values that they really kind of encapsulate what is most important to us in all of our full life, like our homework and life. And so for me, um, you know, I've co-authored a book on balance, uh, actually going beyond balance. And that is something that I actually needed for myself. And so now I get to, you know, gift it to others. Resilience is another key pillar for me because of no matter what challenge that I face um, in work, home, in life, that I want to be able to rise up from that, bounce back, and you know, like get back to my best version because I've been down in the pits before, and I want to keep that as my core value so that I can do that, and then also help others through theirs, whatever their unique pits are. And then faith for me is actually, honestly, should be the first one. <laughs> I started out and they just roll off my tongue like that, but faith for me has become the center and the core of every single thing that I do. And that's something that I've uh, reestablished and kind of run to with a very focused space. So I actually resigned my position as a high school principal based on us uh, calling that I did receive from the Holy Spirit as I sat in silence and direction. And people have a hard time seeing that um, or understanding that, but it was a really beautiful uh, like part of my story. And here we are a year and a half later, and it's just helping me to become centered in the leadership that I do now versus the leadership that I did then, and also to be a better mom and wife and neighbor. <laughs> so that's, it's kind of what it means for me, but I spend a lot of time working with people. Um, I spend time on my podcast on these topics, and then I try to kind of funnel all of the passions that I have in those three core areas so that I can be my best version to help others. Huh, that's great. So this is a relatively new, um, is this a relatively new um, mission for you? Or I mean, uh, obviously, it's probably been an underlying mission, but really you going out and leaping in a whole new way, whole new direction. Yeah, it's new. So I was a public educator for 15 years, and I was a high school principal loving my job. And in 2000, um, 18. It was February of 2018 when I got that directive. And I did resign. I finished out the school year, June. <laughs> and then uh, then I wasn't, I didn't know what was supposed to come next. And so it's been, um, yeah, recent. But in that time, I, I published a co-authored book that I had already been through the process of writing and it came out right after I left. Um, and now I've got my podcast that's been going for a year where I've amplified at least 52 wonderful women's stories and built a community. And I uh, have another book coming out in January, Lead with Faith, and it's a leadership foundational topics, but around a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today. And yes, I, 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 it's exciting. And yeah, it's relatively new, but it's, it's been, it's flourished in ways that I would have never asked or imagined. Yes, that is beautiful. And I'm, I'm imagining that this is inspiring to other people because so many people are afraid to go towards their dreams. Yeah. Right. Or, but one of the things that, that I'm picking up on is you have the certainty, mm. right? Yeah. And so much of the work that I do with people are, are they're working towards their dreams and they want it so bad, and yet there's this element of fear around it that maybe I can't get it, mm -hmm. no matter what I do, or 
So then there's a way in which they don't work as hard. Mm-hmm. So to protect themselves, you know, it's just, it's human. Mm-hmm. So h- how do you deal with that? It's interesting because it, so for me, it's a little bit backwards because I don't, I don't, my dream was to be a principal. <laughs> like I'm a, if you looked at my birth certificate, you'd see I'm pretty young to have already had, you know, building leadership experience. And I loved it. That was my dream. And I think it's interesting because I'm led in this direction because of the steps that I took to sit in silence and listen and be careful for the, you know, who I want to become and not just what I think or the world thinks I should become, but who I'm supposed to become and who I'm uniquely created to be. And that is scary. That is so scary, especially when you leave a job and you leave um, a paid position and a salary. And so I've had to have people wrap around me and support me. My husband specifically, we live on a lot less, but in the meantime, it's that trust. And you're right. I do feel confident because I know I'm careful and I'm intentional about listening. And I sit in silence every day, no matter if I want to or not, (laughs) or if I feel like I have the time or not, I, I really am intentional about taking that time to sit and grow myself and listen and carefully respond to whatever obedient risk I'm supposed to be taking next. And it is scary. I'll admit that. Yes. yes. But that's okay. a huge part. Yeah. It's just slaying those giants one by one when they come up. Like, I can do this. And my skills in leadership, they mattered as a building principle, but I can apply them in different ways now into this world that's so gray, but so large. <laughs> right. Right. And so you have the trust. How is there a way that you, because again, this is, this is so funny because as a six, it's funny that we're talking about the Enneagram, <laughs> trust is one of the core issues that we work on, you know, trust. And so are you, is it that you take a little step and you're like, okay, wait, that's a good, that I'm receiving good feedback. Okay. So now I can take another step and I'm not sure you even know what you're doing in this because this is, mm. you know, something that how you live. How you? How are you building that trust, or how have you built that would, trust? Yeah, would you mind if I step back and tell the story? A no, little bit? please do. Please oh, do. Sure. So, in in I would say spring of 2014, my life had come to a very dark space, and I didn't even know it to be honest. I, you know, I I built a lot of unintentional habits. I was a new elementary principal traveling 45 minutes in one direction. I had a one year old and a a two and a half year old when I had started in that position. And it's just a very full job. Leading a leading a school is a blessed uh, burden, I suppose I would I would label it. And I loved it. But I was not making any space for myself. And my Enneagram seven was rearing its ugly head in the sense that I just kept, I was in this, I got this phase. I got this. I got it. You know? Mm-hmm. Um and, and I didn't really have it. And I didn't know that I didn't have it. I just had my blinders on. And it came to a head in the spring when I just started looking around and I had um, the discontent in my soul was so strong and I didn't even know it. And so there were just a lot of cracks in my vessel that had started, you know, taking on water and I almost left my husband, um, you know, thinking that a single life, a single mom would be easier to do all the stuff. And it was just really, really hard and it was soul crushing and And so I ended up on July 11th, 2014, submitting an application for a position that was six miles away from my home, thinking that context would help at all, you know, that it wasn't me, it wasn't my habits, it was was everyone else. And um, without belaboring the point, I went into a scenario leading at a high school level that 
uh, had its highest level of disruption in locally. And my brother completed a suicide that December. And all the while, I was struggling still desperately. And so through this process, um, I actually ended up making space for myself. July 11th, 2014, so started a running streak. And lest listeners think that I was a runner before I wasn't, um, I had come to it just because I literally wanted an escape from my home. I was so broken and um, just depleted in every sense. And I just wanted to get away because I didn't know who Sarah was anymore. I was mom. I was principal. I was wife. I was everything else, but I didn't know who I was anymore. I just layered on all those titles and lost myself. And so through the process of getting out, escaping, um, I found myself again, but I'm going to tell you that it took a long, long time. It took a lot of, um, pain and um, challenge and starting to investigate the dark places of my life to finally start to discover that I had the power in myself all along to stop feeding that discontent and to start seeing myself and my strengths. And I have not stopped that running streak. It's going to hit 2000 days and I won't let it go because it's become the thing that I can have every day. That's me. That's Sarah. That's no one else gets a space in that. It's just me. Um, so there's a lot there to that story, but that really is what started it for me to kind of grasp at something and recreate the life. And that, you know, led me through all kinds of different challenges that I, I've written about and share about, um, including, you know, lawsuits and uh, school threats and student deaths. And, um, you know, now I have a marriage that's restored. I have repositioned myself in a way that I feel like I'm my best version as a mom, um, and a leader. And I've done that through just real intentional um, self-care time. And so I just, that's one of the things that I would share with my, you know, the participants and the, and the people who read my messages is that self-care isn't selfish. And it's, it truly is the only way we rediscover ourselves again, so that we can be our best versions to pour out in our lives, wherever it is that needs us, you know, whatever title needs us, we have to be Sarah or whoever you are first to bring it to everywhere else you go. So, um, but to back up real quick, that's where I started listening. You know, I, I used to listen to um, music and then I would listen to audiobooks and podcasts. And now I've learned to just be still and run without sound or other thoughts so that I can be a discerning guardian of my own mind and that I can hear what I have to say. But I also then hear that Holy Spirit message. And that took a lot of time and effort. And then, and then it started to change where I wasn't just waiting for the run for that to happen. I've been very intentional about sitting the first thing I do in the morning, and I've come to crave silence. I think our world is so busy and we fill it. It's so easy. And that's all that the noise really is, is a distraction. You know, it, it once you start spending time in silence, you start to look around and you start to see how much noise is actually filling you, whether it's the television, it's your cell phone, it's your children, it's your spouse, it's your email, whatever that is. Um, and so now uh, for about the last two years, I just, I have spent time in intentional silence to the point where if I don't have silence right when I wake up, it feels foreign to me and it's uncomfortable. And so that's how I'm careful and I can listen. And so then I know and I can trust because I've spent time discerning and carefully training myself to listen. And so whatever next step that is, sometimes it's very direct and sometimes I have to search through it and misinterpret and read again and process what, what did that actually mean versus what I thought first, um, which takes a lot of humility, I think, because I, sometimes I get it wrong and then I have to realize I did, but I'm okay with that because I think it's just a process. 
you know, for all of us. Yes. And thank you for, um, for sharing your story. And one of the things that I'm loving that, that is coming through for people who themselves might be really feeling really lost is the power of these simple practices. Again, it feels a little, a lot of time I had so much of the same reaction and people do it's like gratitude, like, uh, you know, that's just silly and fluffy, you know, or the meditation, I can never meditate. And I'm not going to become a, you know, a complete person who's able to do that. And then the exercise, but you, what you're saying is that you added these things very deliberately. Mm. And in adding them, they began to change you. Yes. Yeah, that's very powerful. It is. And I'll, and I'll tell you a kind of a humorous note on that. My husband and I traveled this summer uh, for a conference that I was speaking at. And I've been traveling and being by myself for so And as an extrovert, by the way, that's that's not always been an easy thing. I always love to surround myself with people. But I found that through training this and this transformation, he'll pop on the TV when we're traveling and I'm going, what are you, what's this noise? What are you doing? <laughs> because I'm so used to silence. And I guess it was so stunningly uh, illustrated for me how I have changed and transformed through this process of, of craving that silence where I never had before. But it really has been life transforming. Absolutely. Yes. And I think I have, I have a very similar experience because again, like gratitude, I'm like, I am never going to meditate. That's just not me. And then there is a way in which you do start to crave it. That's exactly, I hadn't really thought of it that way. Mm. Like, because you start to learn what it feels like to be peaceful inside your body. For me, that's Mm -hmm. been my experience, peaceful inside my head, inside my body, inside my spirit. And I hadn't, I didn't know what that felt like. I agree. And so if listeners are sitting here going, yeah, I can't sit still, or I've tried, I think that's, I've learned that from others too. When you say meditation, I realize that there are different forms of it. And so my running, I'm, I'm movement meditating and I didn't even realize that, you know? Um, and so I, I know that there's just a, a wide way that listeners can engage with. However, again, they're coming from their own position and their disposition and their makeup that could be useful if they can't just sit in one space and and do that yoga or that meditation or whatever, that you can do it movement. It's again, it's training though, just like anything else. Our, our brains need to be trained, the muscles. We have such default um, tendencies and I think our brains also are, they crave interruption. <laughs> yes. Just as we can train ourselves to crave silence, naturally they crave that interruption and our, our world now gives that to us pretty handily, doesn't it? Yes, it certainly does. And with the phone, I mean, even I find myself touching my phone just like unconsciously like, oh, did I get a message? Did I get a message? Is there yes. something interesting? And that's crazy because yes. I've always been, i resisted technology for so long and now I am fully wrapped in it. And um, that's something about that's going to have to change. Yeah. And and honestly, I say that I've been sharing this balance message with organizations in and outside education for over a year now and hundreds of people. And even my message changes consistently because for a while I had it mastered in the role that I was in. And now that my world is um, now more online, for marketing and services and the podcast, I find myself deeply connected to that phone again. And I have to set boundaries around it to be intentional in that space too. Otherwise, because as an entrepreneur, I could work, I'm a workaholic too. Uh, 
I could work 24 hours a day and that phone makes it so easy. <laughs> it does. Yeah. And that's exactly. And that, that's the thing. That's how I work too, is probably through the computer and the phone. Yes. That's my connection to people. I was a lawyer before and now be, and we were just talking before we came on is this, here we are sharing our, you know, wanting to really share and work with people and share the message. But a lot of that work is all by ourselves. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's, um, it's hard. So, well, it's just a challenge. It's something to, to, to think about. So I can see, so balance, you know, bringing these, these times to move, to listen can help um, bring in very much the balance. Is there anything else with resilience? You know, any realizations you made about what it takes to develop resilience, at least for yourself mm-hmm. or beliefs that, that underlie that? Yeah. And I think for me, it's, it really was a spiritual awakening. And I talk about in my upcoming message, a rise up. And I do believe that there's a good process that we can all use. Um, I go to Brene Brown for a lot of this work as she uh, wrote The Gifts of Imperfection. Um, So you can cultivate wholeheartedness to become more resilient and also um, cultivating just this spirit of, um, rising. And I have high value in that. And I think rising can mean that we rely upon the people around us that we can trust that have proven themselves to be um, wise, Mm -hmm. that we are investigating, that we're careful about the story we're telling ourselves, and we're careful about the lies that we're hearing from that imposter that's in our mind, um, because that one will will hold us back from our greatness every single time and every chance that, uh, that they get, you know, that whoever you think that is, for me, it's the ultimate enemy. And I look for the patterns in my life, and I try to discover what those are. Um, and so silence is another thing to cultivate resilience is that silence so that you can listen. Um, E is expectation, you know, expect that you can do it. I think about my daughters with this. They, they like to climb that we do the rock wall and they can expect that they're going to hit that ding at the top of that uh, wall. Then they're going to do it. And it's really about a mindset or, you know, I've completed two marathons. I never thought I could do that, but I can expect, and I expect that I'll be finished and I can power my mind through any challenge. Um, and then, you know, this rise up, up is uh, understanding what tripped you up in the first place. So if we want to be resilient, we got to understand. I shared with you, I thought it was circumstances, but what I have to realize is that if I'm going to point my finger uh, at any point, circ- circumstances can certainly play a part, but I got to realize that no matter where I am, there are things that I can do to um, avoid tripping again in the future once I'm, once I'm there, or that I can see that I can change to um, have that become a rise instead of a stay on the ash pit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, basically uh, the P on that rise up is just really understanding that I'm going to be um, faced again with giants that it's never ending. And so the resilience is that I'm never just going to arrive. I'm going to have to continue to fight those fears, continue to fight whatever situation I've got going on and to stay resilient um, is meaning that I follow that whole framework. So for me, and I think that it's a really applicable and understandable framework when you look at it that way, is that you're going to um, continue to rise every time if you understand that it's a cycle. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's a beautiful explanation. And you know what, but one thing I do want to say is, you know, at the end, when you were saying you're going to continue to, it's a never ending cycle and you're, you're dragons. 
they will change. Mm. And if you're torturing yourself in your head, you don't have to continue torturing yourself. Yes. <laughs> you're going to have different challenges. Um, so, and it will feel different. And you will start to build this strength in knowing that you can get through it. It will be, you might be afraid of it, but it's from a different place. It's like, ah, but I can do this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And your resources may look different depending on that. But, you know, I hope that your listeners here and and if nothing else, a theme on my podcast often is that imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about kind of like torturing yourself and, and maybe reliving the real of your failures or your disappointments or your hurts, I think that we can free ourselves from that if we reach out to the resources and we overcome that imposter and we understand we can empower ourselves, that everybody has that inside them, that barrier, uh, you know? And so it just really is unique, again, to who you are and uh, making sure that you're not doing this thing alone because that's, that's isolation is only going to exacerbate the issues. Definitely. Yes. And the imposter syndrome, I got to tell you, and this is the funny thing again, also, you might have experienced this with this podcast. Who am I? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Tell people or to talk about things, you know, and I mean, that's a huge thing. And yet there, one of the things I'm really trying to live into is have the courage to share what you do have. Mm. what you do know. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you for overcoming that and for sharing your truth and for amplifying others in this, because it is so easy to think, just like when you started out, what is what superpower did you discover? Well, what's the big deal about my superpowers? Nobody cares about those, but, they, but we do. And just providing the platform um, to learn and grow together, I think is what really ultimately can blast that imposter out out of the window um, for sure and realizing that everybody is has it everybody I work with absolutely every single person yeah the their mess is their message whatever it is that they're (laughs) helping to share is exactly what they have battled with and are still continuing to to work that's wonderful. Yes, their mess is their message. <laughs> oh, and boy, is mine still. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we, we're two steps ahead and we can give hope. Yes. And you, uh, you know, the listeners think about where you have some stuff that you're starting to figure out and you can help other people. Yes. And, and just one final, I know you probably have to end here, but I love what you just said. And to kind of put a different angle on that is lead from your strengths, live from your strengths. You know, we too often focus on this deficit model and think about what we have to work on. And that's important, obviously. But when you start to lead from your strengths and acknowledge those and live from that beauty inside of you, that superpower, just as the superpower mind is all about, there's a beauty that surrounds you that will help kind of blast all of that uh, inferiority away. Yes. Lovely. Well, it's so great to talk to you. Um, I love what you're doing and, and your spirit. And so if, so people can go look you up, where can they find you? Remind us, please. 
Yeah, you can find me on my website, sarahsajohnson.com. And I would love for you, honestly, to connect with the podcast as well if you're interested. Uh, just like Kristen Amplify Stories, I love to amplify other women and empower a community through my inawetorise.com. Great. Thank you, Sarah. And listeners, I appreciate you showing up for yourself and your lives. And until next time, go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform your world. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 